STEMQ New England Northwest brings together expertise in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics from across the region. I'm Dr. James O'Hanlon, and here on the STEMQ podcast, you'll be hearing from leaders in industry, community, government, and universities about the groundbreaking innovations that are happening right here in regional New South Wales. This podcast is recorded on Anaiwan Country at the University of New England in Armidale. This episode, we're hearing from Naomi Nielsen and Bryn Griffiths from the University of New England about the mission of STEMQ New England Northwest and its long-term vision. Hello, everybody, and welcome to what is the start of a series of podcasts around an initiative called the STEM Quarter or STEMQ. This is an initiative that is beneficial to the whole New England Northwest region, and it's not just about the University of New England, UNE, although it fits strongly in with UNE's Future Fit initiative, which is our decadal strategic plan. My name's Bryn Griffiths. I'm the Associate Director of Corporate Communications and Events at UNE. I'm going to be hosting today's podcast, which is the start of a suite of podcasts exploring what could be. We're lucky enough today to be able to introduce the vision for STEMQ with the program director who is with us, Naomi Nielsen. Welcome, Naomi. Thanks, Bryn, and thanks for the opportunity to talk to you about STEMQ. It's really good to have you here to start off the initial podcast in this very exciting project. Before we get into what STEM and STEMQ is, could you just give us a bit of a background about yourself and how you came to be in this exciting role? Well, I'm actually a, a regional Australian. I was born in the East Kimberley, Kununurra, and then went to boarding school and have been involved in agriculture for many years. The other part of me is that I have nearly 30 years experience in property, real estate, large project development initiatives, and running large services contracts in facilities and asset management throughout Asia. Fantastic. So that's not only all the facilities, but it's also construction and infrastructure sort of thinking as well. Yes, very much so. So before we actually define STEMQ, could you give me your thoughts on, in the context, what is STEM and why it's important? So STEM, as we now know, started emerging around 10 years ago with digital disruption. And what essentially started to occur was the realisation globally that we actually didn't have enough skills across science, technology, engineering and maths. And that's fundamentally what STEM is. It started growing in primary education and then into obviously secondary education and now it very much has found itself into tertiary and higher education. And obviously vocational education is a key part of this as well. But ultimately for us to embrace the rate of disruption and the way the world is changing and reorientating itself around new industries that are forming up is we need more jobs across those four disciplines. I keep hearing that the government reiterating as well is that not only is the importance of STEM for jobs of the future, but it's also being able to communicate and articulate and work with the specialism itself. So I kind of hear what you're saying and and hear that it's actually industry itself as STEM sort of fits everywhere. There's creative needs as well as communication needs, as well as artistic needs that are all within that boundary. Exactly. And STEM started out as STEM and it's starting to transform rapidly into STEAM which is taking us into a more cultural, art, humanities-orientated piece. And that makes sense because what we're essentially doing is creating a culture, in my view, around the original four platforms, science, technology, engineering and maths. So it's starting to evolve and it will continue to evolve. 
Fantastic. Thank you. So that brings us to this exciting project. Could you define for me what vision for STEMQ is? So the vision for STEMQ is about harnessing academic endeavours, research endeavours, industry, innovation, business in the New England and Northwest of New South Wales. Initially, it was around creating a precinct. What we've then done is transformed that into a quarter, which is the Q, and we've landed on STEMQ, New England Northwest. So STEMQ in many ways is around making sure that this region can build resilience through some initial industry clusters. And those initial industry clusters are agribusiness and agriculture, health and wellbeing, digital infrastructure and intelligence, and enabling STEM infrastructure. So it's responding to a real need to both support industry and region as we move forward. But to do that, we need to create the right infrastructure that is state of the art. We need to be able to move big data with very little latency to support research and industry as digital disruption really starts reshaping our industries. We're going to be working very differently. We're going to be working with large volumes of data. We're going to need infrastructure that is very different to what we've worked with in the past. So for us to be able to support industry better, we need to change our course design. We need to attract top researchers and we then need to integrate research and industry so that we can generate innovation within those key industry groups. That sounds fascinating. The challenges that I'm hearing you tell me are around data and the transfer and, and understanding of data for these key industry enablers that you describe, agribusiness, medical technologies or, or health and well-being. Do you see that it is actually understanding of data that is the industry challenge for regional places? That's one of the challenges. This morning I was talking to Martin Toms around water resilience. Martin's a hydrologist. So what it's about and the challenges are about is recognising or building up resilience. So how do you build resilience? Well, in Martin's world, you actually need to be able to create the infrastructure to capture data real time as we move through each climatic event. So to be able to capture all of that data becomes completely necessary to therefore build industry and support industry in their modelling and scenario planning for farming, for major investment in our region. And he was explaining quite clearly that change is going to be the new norm and that challenge really has to be addressed by being able to provide infrastructure for doing that modelling work, but also to create environments where community can come together and discuss and share knowledge about the whole challenge around water resilience. That's just one example. Thank you. And that's a great example. And I'm hoping that we actually have an opportunity to discuss this in a future podcast with Martin as well, which is fantastic. So can you explain the inspiration behind what we're calling the STEM quarter, but the precinct model and provide some examples of where this operates in other parts of the world? There are a number of locations around the world and the precinct model has been around for some time. And what it's done is it's essentially created incubation hubs for research and innovation across a number of industries. 
We've got a great example here in South Australia, the Tonsley Innovation District, as an example, and that's being generated or stimulated by examples in Germany and Finland, the Netherlands. And essentially what happens is a university starts collaborating with industry where there's a need and a requirement in that industry so that they can allocate research and create career pathways into that industry if there's skill shortages. If you bring that back into the Australian context, the New South Wales government have created a number of special activation projects. Wagga Wagga is one point in case they're talking to Moree. So the precinct model has been around for the last 10 years, if not more. It is a vehicle to stimulate research and innovation with industries. It becomes a cornerstone in many ways for economic revival in certain precincts. It also potentially, and if this is successful, will bring top flight researchers to New England Northwest. It will keep our talent here. So why quarter? We started off with this project calling it a precinct without walls. And if you go and look in some of the most famous locations around the world, they have quarters. New Orleans has the French Quarter. And I guess what that generates is a degree of let's flex around the edges. Let's not rein ourselves in. Let's be open. They're all the things that a quarter generates. To me, that's a much better use of words than precinct without walls, which is where this started. Precinct without walls is still a great concept, but what we really wanted to do was make it punchy, make it more relevant to what it is we're trying to do. So yes, there's some defined locations, but those locations will grow. And as a number of senior members of the team have said to me, if you take a town like Broken Hill, Broken Hill is potentially dying as a community. So what if this model's successful and what if we can integrate locations like Broken Hill? into this precinct over time. I guess the point here is that we need to be fluid and be able to pivot and be agile as we go on the journey with STEMQ. To me, STEMQ, STEM quarter generate the sense of openness, acceptance, and preparing to be a little more risk-taking in what we embark on. You mentioned in there economic revival and opportunities for industry and their part to play in partnership and collaboration with us, with community, with government and others. You mentioned Moree and the special activation precinct application process they're going through at the moment. What are other examples of things that are already going on? I know that university and a number of entities have a lot going on, but could you provide some examples that are relevant to the STEM queue? So you raise a very valid point, Bryn, and that is that STEMQ is already here in many ways. We're already doing some amazing things. So the UNE Smart Farms, an amazing initiative, world leading in many ways. The Smart Region Incubator, once again, a very successful model and a model that is creating startups across different industries in our region to the point where there is now a case and it's been a successful case to build facilities within the communities that the SRI support, like Nova. We are seen to have a Nova site, shopfront, a walk-in centre in Armidale. The contract's been signed to do that. The other initiatives are obviously our virtual health network that we've built. We built that and designed that here at UNE. So we're already doing it, but what's to come? We know that, for example, within the realm of poultry in Europe, they have education farms. 
And those farms are actually put in place to allow the public to come in and see just how poultry is being done and it's being done in a humane way. It educates the community around that industry. We're talking about robotics facilities being developed in Tamworth to support the meat processing industry. There's discussions around creating creative queue or creative hubs, expanding the solar farm because there is going to be an increasing need to do so, and creating a STEM building on UNE campus so that we have state-of-the-art super labs that are flexible and can be resized to suit academic endeavours, but also research projects that come up into the future. Working with industry on... And collaborating with industry. But on top of that, we're exploring where there is existing infrastructure. So one of the things that we're talking to Tamworth Regional Council about right now is how we can collaborate with them at the Sports Dome. They're amazing facilities at the Sports Dome. Instead of creating a whole new state-of-the-art sports facility in region, which potentially could happen and it may well be needed, but at this point in time it's about, well, how do we really support sport in our region through sports science, through sports management programs? There's consideration around equine. Equine's a huge industry in our region, particularly... Of course, using the ALEC. Yeah, and using ALEC potentially. So what is that about? Well, that's about utilising existing infrastructure to grow industry and looking at those different pathways. It's also about embracing our cultural diversity and building resilience within our communities through looking at our health and wellbeing, course orientations and using facilities in Tamworth so that we can outreach to communities in need, which is very exciting. Fantastic. And you really define there what's in it for industry and communities. What's in it for students? That is such a valid point. What is in it for students? Well, what we increasingly understand about STEM is that industry need graduate-ready employees. They need their future employees to have had a taste of what it is to actually work in a real-life setting. A lot of the initiatives that will come, particularly with Tamworth and as things start evolving here in Armidale, Moray and Taree, will have a cohort of students that have been able to practice what they're learning in an industry setting before they actually go out into the real world, if you like. So I think that's one of the biggest benefits. The other thing is that we're really interested in exploring what would happen if we provided career pathways to our young year 10, 11 and 12 as they're starting to think about what it is that they want to do. If we get this mix right, what we really want to be able to do is let those students understand that they could actually pursue their career here in region and they can have a successful career. They don't have to be mainstream. They could go into agriculture and agri-tech as new industries emerge and we're giving them those skills to be able to pivot as those industries pivot and embrace disruption as they move forward. So so it sounds to me like it's that next evolution from the traditional work experience into work-integrated learning, which is on the job as part of your course development so that you are job-ready rather than having to learn the ropes upon arrival. Exactly. As an example, robotics, part of it is about clearly understanding the theory and the technical elements of what it is to build a robotic facility. But operating a robotic facility, you really need hands-on experience. So that comes through working within industry. We've talked about the industry types. We've talked about need and benefits for them, for community and for students. 
Can we be a bit more specific about the types of industry partners that we want to engage with? So industry partners are a key ingredient to STEM. They will, in many ways, define the STEM quarter. And so the type of partners range from organisations, businesses that operate within that industry, all levels of government. We're already collaborating with the respective LGAs and their councils, working with Infrastructure New South Wales, Regional New South Wales. They're key stakeholders in this process, and there are many others, and obviously federal government. But then there's also local community groups, our schools, TAFE and the other vocational organisations, Indigenous communities and Indigenous groups, health and New England Hunter Health. We have an amazing bedrock of existing partners already, which will really support us as we go on this journey, being DPI, MLA, CSIRO and the respective local councils. So Moree Plain Shire Council is working with us. Tamworth Regional Council, Armadale Regional Council, and we're starting to talk with Taree. That's just the beginning. And if this model works, we'll have a series of commercial partners and potentially work with them to perhaps conduct research in our region, but also take on some of our graduates and give them placements so that they can have that hands-on start to their career. It sounds as though the reason is coupled by the location in that New England has always been known as an education engine at all levels, from even preschool all the way up to tertiary. And we're going back to wanting to cement that sort of thinking, but also expand on it and not only expand on it with industry, but we've also got a huge amount of alumni in the region as well who are industry to be able to tap into. It sounds as though it's literally going back to that grassroots of Let's connect the dots and have the confidence that this can all happen. Absolutely. And it's amazing if you haven't spent some time reading through our significant alumni profiles, it's an extraordinary read. We've created an amazing legacy of brilliance that we can tap into here. Going back a step and closing out education, the Boiler House Discovery Centre will be the opportunity for us to start at a very young age and to start creating those opportunities in a children's lifetime to set them up to approach the world and build confidence with them. The Boiler House project is such an exciting project. It's here on campus. It was the original Boiler House. I know that when I first started working at UNE, which is 15 odd years ago and a bit longer, I was part of the team that actually closed down the Boiler House facility. And there were up to 25 FTE employed at that facility full-time to keep this campus warm. There's an amazing history there. So it just celebrates that. Looking forward to, during this series, having another discussion about the boiler house as a component of the whole STEMQ thinking. So that all sounds brilliant. Rubber hits the road. What's next? So what's next is a detailed consultation process with an engagement process with community, industry, government and key commercial partners. That's what's next. What's also happening at the same time is having conversations so that we can capture in quite a methodical way the projects and initiatives that we need to consider as part of STEM. When I first started, there was a call at the Famous 15. There was that number of projects identified or around that number of projects identified to do the economic impact assessment. And we were able to really demonstrate at that point that this really was viable. This was a viable project. So from there, we've now got a list of 30 projects. And those projects range in scale, 
size. And will these be described as part of this consultation with audiences to understand more? Yes, and we will be seeking to put bones and flesh onto those projects so that we can support each of the respective businesses, business units, industry groups, bring those projects to life, whether it's through finding funding or allocating the support and resources that they might need, which might be to use some of our facilities here on campus or Tamworth campus, for example. So we're not expecting to see infrastructure and plans. It's nebulous and putting bones on to see what can be developed. That's right. And the other key part of this, and you raise a very valid point, is for us to be able to start that process of renewal, we will be embarking on a campus master planning exercise, both in Armidale and Tamworth. One of the things that we've identified, and we've gone through a process of looking at the key issues that exist around our current infrastructure base. And one of those is the fact that we've been quite reactive to how we've built infrastructure in the past. To get around that, what we need to do is much more planned and considered and to have a view on the long-term horizon so that our campuses will last us and serve us well for a lot longer and be future fit. That campus master planning process is really important. It's also important to identify zones that we can invite industry into to work with us on campus. That's a very key focus because precincts by their very nature, and in this case STEMQ, to rate its success, there will be a combination of infrastructure that serves community, industry, research, the academy, and obviously those that work at our respective campuses and support them in their endeavours as well in an integrated way. When all is said and done, what do you think success looks like? Success looks like generating more gross regional product, having an uplift in the amount of GRP, creating more jobs across various industries, growing new industries. There's a whole new industry to be had out of water, water management, water resilience. That's yet to come. The recent significant climatic change generated that need. That's only going to keep happening and it's going to happen more regularly. So there'll be potentially a whole industry that could evolve out of water resilience moving forward. There could also be movement around branching out into space. Armadale's ideally located for earth downlinks. There's already one in the region. Could we maximise that? Absolutely we could. Is the timing right? Well, maybe it's not quite now, but ideally in five to ten years' time, there could be an emerging industry in that space, just like the renewable energy industry is starting to emerge now. So I guess that's once again coming back to why quarter. It enables us to be able to move and pivot as our society gets shaped. So you mentioned regional resilience, but it's really bringing sustainability or sustainable growth to the regions as another enabler of sustainable growth to that agenda of if we don't grow, we die. I don't like to say that, but I think that's the case. I think we owe it to our next generation to not only do things in a sustainable way, but to create jobs. And part of that is creating more activation and stimulus in what we're doing, better infrastructure, good schools, good hospitals, connected with a data-infrastructured pathway that doesn't have any latency so that we can be supporting an important procedure being done in Tenterfield from Tamworth Base. All around, more reasons for us to live in this beautiful region that we're in. Completely.
Naomi, thank you. That's been fascinating listening to your insights and being able to define what we're talking about in STEM quarter. And it's been really interesting now to hear over time to build on this thinking. And we really look forward to what it is going to become, what it is going in the short term, in the medium and the long. And we wish you all the best. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Bryn. And I'm happy to come back and continue the story. I'm sure we'll get you back. Thanks. Thanks for joining me here on the STEMQ podcast. Stay tuned to hear more stories as we work to empower STEM innovation through the STEMQ precinct.